0: Good morning, everyone. How is everyone? Okay, we just had worship, so I know you're good. So wherever you're watching, wherever you're at around the world, my goodness, we are so honored and privileged that you are spending this time with us as we continue in our series called Best Summer Ever. Now, what we've been walking through in this series is uh, how to live life to the fullest. We've been in Psalm 23, Philippians 2. We were in Mark 5, and now we're back in Philippians 2. And what we're going to be diving through today in Philippians 2 is we're going to be talking about purpose, about purpose so wherever you are that's what we're going to be doing but before we get there I'm just going to go ahead and start something because you're trying to figure out what's going on so let me ask you this how many of us remember these little things these are magic grow capsules inside of them something happens if you do or don't remember but what I'm going to do is I'm going to put these in here and I know it's going to be a major distraction and I love it but it will make sense as we walk through it so while you are getting to Philippians 2 if you want to just watch me drop these little things in here we're going to see some fun happen you know I was into parties again I know it's just how we roll now, if this doesn't work, someone has to swallow all of these pills, and we'll check back with you later to see what they grow into wherever you are. But these little things will, hopefully it'll take them just a minute to get rocking and rolling. Uh, But they'll get rocking and rolling there and I got a couple of them in there. So we are in Philippians 2 and the reason that that matters for each and every one of us uh, is we've been talking the past few weeks about how to live a life of humility. Today we're going to see what Paul talks about when it comes to a life of purpose because really we all have an opining. We have a yearning. We want to know if there's something more out there. No matter, if you're kicking the tires of who Jesus is, you're trying to figure out who Jesus is, you're trying to work through who Jesus is, wherever you are, you're trying to find something greater than you. And the greater than you isn't so that the other person can say or the other thing can say that it is better than you. It actually makes you be exactly who you were created to be. You try to find that in the world and a career bigger than you. You try to find it in a car that's bigger than you. You try to find it in a street address that's bigger than you. But realistically, if you are in Christ Jesus, you know that something you're searching for is Jesus, but maybe you're just trying to figure that out out and that's okay because Philippians 2 helps us answer that. Jesus comes and answers the question are we alone and is there something bigger than us and it talks about the incarnation of Christ. That's a big two dollar word wherever you are. Incarnation, it literally means Jesus becoming flesh and blood for us and that's what we're going to be walking through today are two things that we can do to live a life of purpose. Now you're all trying to figure out what this is these are little vehicles, see we got a little boat and we got a little something, I don't know, a little car and little submarine so we'll come back to that in just a little bit later it'll make sense where we're going with that I promise uh, this isn't this isn't gonna be we don't this isn't product placement I probably they're probably kicking us off right now because we didn't say that they paid us for this but this will make sense here in a minute where we're going so Philippians 2 we're gonna talk about a life of purpose today if you've got your Bible let's get to Philippians 2 verse 12 and 13 y'all know it takes me forever to get through some things so we're gonna only be in verse 12 and 13 if you don't have a bible as matt mentioned in our welcome we'd love to give you one free for the asking wherever you are hey and if you're listening or watching around we're really if you're watching around the world our vine production team does an incredible job scripture is going to be on the screen right there wherever you're watching but if you're listening or watching throughout the week and you would like to take your own notes and follow the scripture with us download our vine tv app excuse me at thevine.tv slash app, and when you do that today, you'll be able to take your notes. Find a way, we have a prayer wall. Maybe you got a prayer request. You'll find out all about the Vine Church, but also there's a place in there to take your own notes. It's got its own Bible in there. We put our Bible reading plan in there. There's a tab in there, so you can read the Bible with us throughout the week. It's an awesome tool and awesome app, so when you download that today, thevine.tv slash app, you can follow along with us. So let's get there. Philippians 2, verse 12, and it says this. Therefore, all right, time out. You know it's gonna take me forever. I told you, time out. I don't know about you, but when I was growing up and learning how to read the word of God, anytime there was a therefore, there's a reason, it's therefore. So what Paul is talking about when it comes to therefore is he's pointing back to verse seven and eight, what we talked about the other, the other weeks where Jesus humbly came as a servant, wrapping himself in human skin to do what we couldn't do ourselves, which is actually redeem our humanness. Now, this is going to sound a little crazy, but hang in here with me. That yearning you're searching for is so that you're comfortable in your own skin. Hear me out. The only fully human thing you'll ever meet this side of heaven is Jesus Christ. He came in full humanness, fully God, fully man, so that we can no longer walk in the shame and guilt of our humanness, but we can walk fully in our humanness and be redeemed in it. So the reason that that's important for us is we have to understand when it comes to Christ Jesus, he was in heaven. He stepped down, humbly came as a servant, doing the Father's will, living the perfect sinless life we could never live, restored the right relationship we broke in the Garden of Eden to make us right with God by paying the penalty for that sin by dying on the cross. Then he loved us enough not to stay dead. He rose again on the third day. The same power that raised him from the dead is the power that is in us through the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, it's this. The person of God lives in us if we're in Christ Jesus. So the reason that there's a therefore there is to realize, and for us to realize, there is something bigger than us out there, but it actually wants to be inside of us. It wants to be a part of us. It wants to help us not walk in shame and guilt, because the world we live in, when that happens, all we do is shame ourselves. we put ourselves down, and what does that do to everyone around us? We want to put them down, because we want to just be one step better than everyone else, don't we? BC, Jesus came and said, There's a better way. Jesus came to actually show us how to fully be human. And I don't know if you've ever thought about that. What, What do I mean by that is no, 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 not stay in your fleshly desires of sin. He showed us how we can follow Him and be fully human and show heaven on earth. And a God that can do that, what can He not do? So he goes on to say this, therefore. So, therefore. I've told you who Jesus is. Now let's talk about God. Therefore. Therefore. So Jesus came. I just told you Jesus died on the cross. I don't know why I'm pointing at this blue thing. That's not a cross. But uh, Jesus died on the cross. You're always going to hear us talk about Christ and Christ crucified. Many times when we talk about the cross, we'll always talk about the cross being our salvation. And that's only part of it. When we look at the cross, it is actually a picture of God himself. A God that steps into our suffering, a God that That will not leave us alone whatever season we're in. A God that understands our suffering. It is the actual person and nature of who God is when we look at the cross. And why is that important? Because so many times we try to figure out how to do what God wants us to do without really ever fully knowing who he is. And when we look at the cross, we see who God is, who understands suffering, who is willing to come down for us, allow us to be fully human in our own skin, but more importantly, redeemed in it. And then we can walk and be all he created us to be in purpose. So, how is it Paul goes on? That was just there for y'all. I don't know. It's going to be good times today. Might be a lot of screaming and yelling. It's good times. It'll make sense as we go. So, therefore... My dear friends, you have, as you have always what? Obeyed. Obeyed. We're going to talk about that in a second. That's one of those, it, seems like, it sounds like a four-letter word, don't it? Obey. As you have always obeyed, not only in my present, but much more in my absence. I want to tell you what Paul is writing here is the heart of every pastor. The heart of every pastor isn't that I see you walking with Jesus on Sunday. It's that I see you walking with Jesus on Tuesday when we're at the grocery store together. And I see you following him obediently on Tuesday just as much as you show everyone you do on Sunday. More in my absence than in my presence. And that points to Jesus. What is it that Jesus said to Thomas when Thomas tried to put his hand in his side? And he said, I won't believe unless, you put my, unless I can put my fingers in your side. He said, you believed because you saw But blessed are those who believe, who have not seen. In other words, being obedient not just in my presence, but in my absence. So therefore, my dear friends, be obedient in my presence, but also in my absence. Parents, this is a story of your life. Don't lie. That's what you do. And and believe it or not, this is what's going to happen. And I know you get frustrated by it, and you can tell I don't have kids, so that's okay. Uh, you're gonna get frustrated by it, but when your kids go and they tell you the the family friends say, "Gosh, they're just so well mannered and well behaved," and you're like, "You don't see them at home." Aren't you thankful though that they're well mannered and behaved away from home, as opposed to in the home? Let's be real; that's the good times you want them to be. You don't want them to call you and say, "Yep, they're in the mall jail right now. They broke." <laughs> the arcade machines again. Like, you know, they're not gonna say that. You want them to be good. So better in my absence than in my presence. He says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So here's what Paul is doing before we look at the two ways. Paul says that we can live in this life of purpose. It's actually found in the verse there is we have to see that Paul is writing this to tell us how we should be the church. You see, in the church, And in this culture we live in, consumerism dominates. What I mean by that is uh, you pay for a good or service, and as long as you're entertained, you'll keep going. It's kind of like going to the movies. As long as I like this part of a Marvel character, I'll follow the other parts of the Marvel character all the way through. When I was growing up, it was only Batman. That was the only sequel. And then Rocky, and he won every time. So now Rocky's on like Rocky 18. He's like 100 years old. He comes out with a walker, and he still beats everybody. You know, like it's just crazy. But that's what you look at. And as long as you're entertained, you'll keep giving, and you'll keep being a part. But what happens is consumerism has invaded the church, and when you're not entertained, your ears aren't tickled at the message, your ears aren't moved with a worship, then you go on somewhere else. Not following an obedience where God has called you, but instead because you're not entertained. And Paul is saying right there, listen, I don't want that for you, Philippian church. I want you to understand it's not about entertainment. It's not about consumerism, because as Rick Warren says first in his book, The Purpose Driven Life, church, it's not about us it's not about us. And the Philippian church was struggling with that. They were trying to figure out, should we go do this? Should we follow this faction? Should we follow that faction? Should we do this? And Paul's like, no, 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 listen, listen, listen. Just be obedient to Jesus. Don't worry about everything else. If we're obedient to the Lord, the rest is going to fall in place, isn't it? Because if he's the same today, yesterday, and forever, why in the world would we think he ain't got it worked out, but we can so in other words, Paul is saying for each and every one of us not to be caught in that. And what I love here at the Vine, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not being prideful, everyone here gives everything they've got. We do all that we can to lift the name of Jesus high. It's not about our name and shining lights. It's not about how big the building is. It's not what Jesus has called us to. He's called us to represent him to a community hurting, hungry, and aching for him the best way we know how. And everyone here gives. As a matter of fact, if you're watching online, we are blessed that folks watch online that we haven't even gotten to meet face-to-face yet and give. Like, do you know how crazy amazing that is? Jesus lets us be a part. If we're not being obedient to what he's called us to, we can't call that. So maybe, just really quickly, I'm gonna challenge you a little bit. Maybe you're on the sidelines right now. You're trying to figure out if it's right for you. I just wanna say, Uh, I didn't do it today and I'm sorry, but I promise you when you show up next week, I will pray that that breakfast is zero calorie. And I will trust the Lord that you will get all the sweets in there and if you have a diabetic coma, we'll find an EpiPen or something to get you woke up. But I promise you, if you will come be a part of what Jesus has here and experience it for a minute and you find out that this church isn't right for you, we'll get you to the right one. But we don't want you sitting on the sidelines anymore. The work's too important. We can't let the world invade the church. We're called as the church to invade the world because Jesus promised and declared the gates of hell will not stand against it, but we got a part to play in it. And I'm thankful here that everyone is committed to that. Elbow deep, face deep, hair deep. If you ain't got hair, just a little bit of your bald head sticking up deep. They are deep in this. And I want you to know you have a family here at the Vine that is committed to walking with you in obedience to the Lord. Because central to the theme of purpose is this, obedience. So the first thing that we have to do if we want to walk, live in a life of purpose is obey. Oh, that little four-letter word, obey. Obey Christ specifically, but obey. Why do we struggle when we hear that word? What does obedience mean to us? Usually rules and regulations, Right? Let's be real. I'm just going to be honest. Praise Jesus for all the administrators in school that we get to deal with. But how many students ever read the student handbook? Thank you. I don't know. It's a waste of paper. Like, seriously, did you look at Rule 7? I read it the first time in middle school, and I realized... I'm never going to read this again. And I'm a nerd. I'm just telling you, it's crazy. It it felt like obedience. It felt like rules and regulations, what I can and can't do. And so many times the reason we struggle with that when it comes to that is we've been brought up in that. And I just want to tell you, if it came to rules and regulation, that's called the law. And I just want to be real with you. There's rabbinic law. We talked about this on Thursday night. It was so fun. You have the oral traditions of rabbinic law. You have the Torah, that's the first five books of the Bible. You have the thousands of laws written on top of that that the scribes had. And I just want to be real with you the Pharisees spent their entire life trying to fulfill the law and missed the law being fulfilled right in front of them in Jesus Christ. And if we're not careful, we'll do the same thing. Because if we're in the law, then we've made it about us. And what did we just say? It's not about us. We were never, I'm just gonna be real, I told you about Jesus coming in human likeness. We were never meant to fulfill the law. The law was always to point to Jesus. The law is there for those of us who are in Jesus Christ to grow and as a guardrail and how to grow in him. The law is there to teach us how to follow him well, to teach us to walk in obedience, but we can never fulfill the law. It's not possible. I don't know about you. I could get the Ten Commandments memorized, but those 613 laws, hey, good luck. Good luck. That's that student handbook. Good luck. Listen, I don't care if I need a hall pass. I just got to go to the bathroom, y'all. Like, I don't know what I got to get for that. I don't know what I got to sign up for for that. And that's what will happen if we get stuck in the law. And so, we will start with this when it comes to obedience. You see, the cool thing is, you saw this, and I don't know if you, if you did not have the pleasure of these as growing up, I'm so very sorry. I was blessed. I had this in bubble baths, and like when the bubbles wore down, like these little capsules would be in there, and there were little sponge toys. Like it was always worth, I don't know. I remember them being bigger, but isn't that how it is when you're a kid? You always remember things. Like when I was testing this at home, I was like, Really? Like, (laughs) it's only this big? But these things, I'm going to tell you what this is. Okay, this sponge, ooh, it's a submarine, good times. So basically what this is is a sponge, and it's pre-cut. They suck all the air out of it, and they put it in a little gelatin capsule. Now, if you saw me scrambling here in the house today before it happened, you have to have warm water to make this work to let the gelatin dissolve. And once the gelatin dissolves, the water hits the sponge, and this little capsule becomes whatever it was created to be. Now you see where I'm going. See, this is all of us. We're encapsulated. This thing called sin limits us from being all that we were created to be, and it took something outside of us to set us free, to grow into what we were created to be. See, that thing that encapsulates us is sin. And we needed something to come along to set us free from it. And that's what Jesus has done for us as he has set us free so we could be fully who we were created to be. And this is why I'm talking about this in obedience because here's the thing. When it comes to this, I know you say sponges can't talk. Don't worry about it. I'm sorry. Do you think this little submarine's mad that it's not a boat? When the submarine was growing and it was set free from the thing that bound it, did it get upset that it wasn't yellow and instead was red? No, it just grew. It had to obey. It couldn't help but obey. It had to grow to be exactly what it was created to be because it encountered something greater than it in order for it to grow. And you see, the reason that's important for us is who is Jesus for us? The living water. He is the one that came along. He is the one that set us free from it. So when it comes to obedience, if we're stuck in obedience being about laws, rules, and regulation, I just want you to be set free from religion today. Because religion will tell you, I obey, so therefore I'm accepted. And because I'm accepted, eventually this little gel capsule will come off, but I'm going to be as close to that water as I can without being dipped in it. And I just want to ask you something. Is that sponge ever going to come out of that capsule? It's not. That's what religion will do. It'll get you as close as it possibly can to the water, and hope that maybe a little drip will come off, and if that drip does, maybe I'll grow. The difference, the difference is the gospel. The gospel says, because Christ accepted me, I can't help but obey, and because of that, I'll grow to be all that he created me to be. So when it comes to obedience for us, I just want to ask you, maybe that's where you're at maybe you've made it about you and today i just want to set you free of, free from that don't be stuck in religion now hopefully my water's warm enough so mr green man here whatever he's going to turn into the cool part is they don't tell you exactly what they're going to turn into so there's no telling this could be a, a pop-up tent i don't know it'll be good times wherever it is whatever happens and springs forth we'll see it go here in just a moment so why is that important for us Because many of us will live our life in this capsule. You see, the beautiful thing is, when all these little toys get together, they can do something great for the Lord. But outside of that, they can't, because they can't walk in obedience. They're limited in what they can do. Speaking of which, when it comes to that in obedience, think back to John 8. Now, if you know what I'm talking about, this is the woman caught in adultery. Maybe you've never read the Bible, and that's awesome. I'm so glad you're spending time with us. We'd love to read the Bible with you. We're reading it ourselves. If we had it all together, we wouldn't be here. I'll be honest with you. We don't. We're all messed up trying to follow Jesus the best way we know how. So I want to tell you, in John 8, what ends up happening is this woman is caught in adultery with a man. The Pharisees, who are all about the law, bring this woman in front of Jesus. And as they bring her in front of Jesus, they're expecting him to uphold The law in the Torah that anyone caught in adultery should be stoned to death. You may not know how the story goes, but what ends up happening is these guys are coming. They're so excited. They're like, we finally got him. We're going to show Jesus. There's no way he's going to set her free from that. There's no way he's going to let her get away with this. And what ends up happening is, God goes down, Jesus goes down, and he starts writing in the stone. Now, this points back to the law, the Ten Commandments being fulfilled, the finger of God back on stone. And I always wonder what he wrote down. I've said a lot of things. Uh, as I was getting ready for this week, I've said maybe it's the sins of the Pharisees, but you know what I think he really did? I think he wrote down the commandments they broke. What if that was the finger of God again coming down, just bringing back and said, hey, you can't even keep the Ten Commandments. And as they saw the one they had broke that day, They all fell away one by one. And it's just Jesus and the woman standing there in verse 10. And do you remember what he says to her? Has anyone what? Condemned you? Neither do I. And he tells her something. Depart and leave your life of sin. This is why that's important. See, Jesus didn't come to condemn us. John 3, 17, we talk about that all the time. He didn't come to condemn us. But where we miss out As he told that woman to do something that we don't like to do, obey. Go leave your life of sin. We're good at I don't condemn you. Holy cannoli, I don't condemn you. We struggle with helping folks leave their life of sin. And obedience will only help you do that because we all are gonna have something that we struggle with. So this is what I'm trying to say. If there is, if we don't depart our life of sin We're living in it now. Is there any consequence for our sin? No. If we don't depart from it, if there's no consequence from it, what does it matter? And if there's no consequence, then what do we need Jesus for? But you see, knowing that there is a consequence of our sin and that the wages of sin is death and that Jesus bore that wage for us on the cross, then we know he's calling us to go, depart our life of sin, because that's what's going to point others to him the best. So wherever we are right now, the reason that that matters for us, I'm going to link one more thing in here. And if you're, if you're new to church, I'm sorry, uh, hang in here with me. I promise you it's going to make sense. And I promise you the Holy Spirit speaking to you, so hang in there with me. But that great example of the woman in adultery, what, what, what is it the real purpose that we're called to do? I'm going to point back to the simplest one. Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. What is it that Jesus says? Go ye therefore into all nations, making disciples and baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to what? Obey all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always until the very end of the age. Sorry I went NKJV on you. Forgive me, but I did. That's That's how I remembered it. Jesus said to fulfill the great commission, the purpose we're here, We've got to teach others to obey the commands he's teaching us. And if we're not obediently walking with him, how in the world can we teach somebody else to? Parents. You can tell your child they're doing something wrong. It's a completely different thing to teach them the right way to go. And next week we're celebrating baby dedication and the parents that are in this church that are doing all they can to teach their children the right way to go. But if you just tell your child they're wrong all the time, how do you feel when somebody tells you no all day? You can tell I don't have kids. I'm not a psychiatrist, don't get mad at me. You're going to say, you're going to keep my kid for a night. You're going to figure it out. I know. But if you hear no all day long too, what do you want to do? Punch a hole in the wall. Your kid ears know all day long. I mean, if they're being bad, you got to discipline them. Understand me. But I'm saying, it's one way to show them and tell them that they're wrong, but it's another way to teach them the right way to go. Jesus didn't come here to tell us everything we're doing wrong. He came here to teach us the right way to go. And if he's already gone there, and we're following him the right way through obedience, then we're going to be exactly where we need to be. So the reason that that's important for us is we have to understand wherever we are, obedience matters. And it's not gonna be easy. Now, you know, my nerdy self, I'm gonna be with you. uh, Say something, uh, and it's gonna make so much sense here in a second. But if anybody, how many folks have ever heard of this guy named uh, Patton? Come on, Patton. World War II, General Patton. There we go. Patton. It's that southern drawl. Patton. How many's heard of Patton? Uh, (laughs) Patton. So my brother-in-law was on me for a while in a good way, spurring me on to love and good deeds and says, you got to watch Patton because it describes you. And it describes my harshness in many times, and I'm very sorry. Jesus is working on me on that. But there's a story. If you ever read the biography of Patton, if you ever watched Patton, if you know anything about Patton, he was a great general in World War II. He did a lot in the European theater. He started in the African theater, moved into the European theater as the Allied forces go and stormed the beaches. But in his biography, what got Patton in trouble is this. There were two men in the medical tent. He goes, his men have been on the front lines, they've been battling, exhausted, uh, they're, they're doing everything, and one of the greatest speeches he has is, what better person to die with, I've shared that before, it's one of the great orations of all time uh, from, from a human uh, outside of the word of God, I'll be honest with you, it's, it. and it's like the men, he said, hey man, if I'm going to die today, there's nobody else I'd rather die with than you, and his men just go and storm and just go straight through France and like just tear everything up, but short story long, before that happened, he goes to this medical tent and there are two guys there with no injuries. Now, this PTSD, don't get mad at me. This is pre-that, but just understand. I'm going to show you where I'm going with this. There are two guys just sitting in a medical tent. His men have been on the front lines battling, and he asked them where they were at during the battle. And they said, we're just tired. We just didn't feel like going to war today. We've seen enough. Patton slaps them and throws them on the front lines and says, you coward, you'll be the first ones out next go round." got him in trouble with the army. As a matter of fact, Eisenhower was really upset with him for that, and they kind of silently put him away, and then he leads all the tanks in through France and, and all that. But it sounds pretty harsh, doesn't it? But here's the difference. When the Germans found out about this, the German officers on the other side, the enemy he was chasing, they said, how lucky are the Americans? Because if we find a coward like that in our range, we put him on his knees, put a pistol between his eyes, and blow his brains out in front of everyone. Because we won't tolerate cowards in, in our ranks which one are you going to follow forced obedience or spurring on to good love and good deeds spurring on to be exactly who you were created to be obedience isn't easy jesus didn't die for you to be forcefully obedient he will push you and spur you on to be something better than you can even ask or imagine and sometimes it's going to be hard and sometimes it's going to be harsh and sometimes it's going to be in your face And that's what Patton was. (laughs) He was that way. And you may have thought when I told that first story, what a jerk, forced obedience. He slapped them around and called them cowards. Now, I know times change, but in the end, you know what? Sometimes I need to be reminded how fallen I am. And not in a bad way, but the hope of Jesus has set me free from how fallen I am. And when he reminds me of everything he has for me and the war that he has prepared me to go into and be him in, man, that jacks me up. I don't want to sit on the sidelines. I want to get in the game. So why am I sharing that? Parents, as we go into this school year, married couples, as we go into this season, sometimes we forget we're in a spiritual war. We are at war with Satan. We're at war. And the biggest way that he will help us not be at war is two ways. He'll help us get real comfortable, real comfortable I prayed today, yeah. <laughs> I only ate one donut instead of two, Woo. good, <laughs> hey-o, uh, I did all this today. You get real comfortable. But the other thing that he'll do in married couples, if you want to have some great advice, and, and parents, you want to have some great advice to remind you about the war is this. Married couples, you can either step in this war together The spiritual war together, locking arms, or you can be at war with each other. Either way, you're gonna be at war. Jesus came so that you step into the spiritual warfare together. This is why I'm sharing that. The thing that breaks my heart the most, especially in this social media consumer-driven world, and I'll try to hold it together because it, it breaks my heart, is the church at war with itself. There's a bloodstained cross that unifies us. I don't care. (laughs) It shouldn't matter. We should be unified together, penetrating the gates of hell, kicking them back, stomping them back, showing Jesus to everyone we can instead of worrying about things of this world and who we voted for and how we voted and what we believe about this and what we believe about that. that. That's fine. You can have those things. But I want to ask you, if you're arguing with someone on social media about those things, how attractive is that to the world to come be a part of church? Because the world says, well, they don't have what I'm looking for. But if we show them Jesus, I'm not telling you you can't have a stance. Listen, I'm not telling you that Jesus called you to be silent. You do that. Just do it in obedience to him. If it starts a conversation, start a conversation. But when the church turns on itself, which is what we're in right now, I'm telling you, we have the best opportunity. Not I'm not talking about the Vine Church. I'm talking the local church around the world to show people the hope that they need, to show people their hope isn't in the government, their hope isn't in taxes, their hope isn't in a check in the mail, their hope isn't in a political party, their hope isn't in somebody that they voted for on the school board. Their hope can only be found in Jesus. And we get to do that. We get to be his vessels. And just like Mr. Green Man here, we're going to find out what he is, Mr. Airplane, when we bring others to the living water, they can't help but grow. And the airplane isn't arguing with the submarine about the submarine being a submarine and the airplane being an airplane. It's just being exactly who it was created to be. That's why we got to walk in obedience. So for all of us, I'm thankful. I want to let you know here at the Vine, our Vine fam does that. Are we perfect? No. You want to know why? Because this guy. I'm definitely, if I passed you on the way in, I'm sorry. I was in a hurry. But wherever we are, there's Jesus on the back sticker. I just hope I pointed you to him. I don't know. Whatever it is, I'm not perfect. I'm working this out following obedience too. And I want to let you know you're welcome here. But what breaks my heart online is seeing that. It really does. And church, we're better than that. We're better than that. Who cares? You sprinkle you fully immerse, we believe in full immersion, but if you sprinkle, my question is, who is Jesus to you? And if you can tell me that, and it shows in the fruit that you bear, who am I? Let's lock arms, brother, and let's go reach this community. Red, yellow, black, and white, precious in his sight, all are welcome. Who cares? But see, we, 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 we got a war with each other. And the reason Patton kicked that man to the front line is he knew his men would be at war because if he, the general, noticed those two men were missing, how many of those men on the front lines realized those two men were missing? And they said, well, we're supposed to be going to war together. So wherever you are, we, we go to war together and eat donuts and all kinds of good stuff. So come join us. Come be a part of it. And if it ain't right, we're going to get you where they do. They may not have as good a food, but as long as you're following Jesus, we don't care because that's the best food you can have. So obey. Obey is the first one. So what does he say we got to do after that? Obey, and he says, through the obedience, better in my presence than my absence, work out your salvation. So I want to clear this up really quick. Paul is not telling you you can earn your salvation by good works. We'll end in Ephesians 2 in a minute. It's not that. We were prepared in advance for the good works he prepared for us in advance to do through Christ Jesus. What he's saying is not that your works can get you saved because that's the law. That's religion. Instead, what he is saying is because you're following Jesus, you will do good works in your obedience. So here's the question I want to ask you if you're trying to work out your salvation with deeds and say, well, I prayed today, so that means I'm following Jesus. Well, that just puts you on the outside looking in. It doesn't mean anything. Are you following him? Because here's a question that I want to ask you when it comes to working out your salvation. If your salvation is something that can be earned, wouldn't it stand to reason as something that could be lost? And I'm going to tell you right now, if salvation could be lost, there's no way that this guy would have Jesus. Because if there's anybody that could find a way to lose it, this guy would. I'm telling you right now. Well, My hard-headedness, if you've been around here at all and you know anything about me, I say I'm I'm like Peter. I'm hard-headed. I'm crazy. I will step out of the boat, walk on water and sink the next minute. I will jump out of the boat just to meet Jesus to have breakfast on the shore. And we just talked about it Thursday night. Even though Jesus declared all foods clean, he still has to come to me and come down with a sheet with unclean and clean, clean food and say, dude, just eat it. I've blessed it like i'm hard-headed okay so if there was a way to lose my salvation i would have i would have found a way so here's the thing that i'm saying romans 10 9 reminds us we confess with our mouth that jesus is lord believe in our heart that he died and rose again on the third day we will be saved Now, once you know that, and once you believe that, and you receive that salvation and that free gift of salvation, you walk in obedience. And it will show whether Christ is your treasure or this world is. And if this world is your treasure, then I would stand to say, have a conversation with someone. Let's get you on the right track. Let's get you back to Jesus. Let's show you where your treasure should be. Obedience. Work out your own salvation. Can't earn it. Can only receive it. And praise God, you can only receive it. Because I'm telling you right now, if you were relying on me to do it, I'm so thankful we ain't in the Old Testament and you relied on me about your sacrifice. Well, here's the dove and a ram. Crap. Which one is that one? <laughs> Which one is that one? Oh, my, I don't remember. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. You know, it, you'd be messed up, man. Thank God you can rely on Jesus. Thank God for that. Which leads to the second thing How do we work out our salvation? With fear and trembling. Now, before you get here, don't, get, don't throw something at me. Fear is a four-letter word, too. Don't throw something at me. I'm going somewhere with it, I promise you. In Christ Jesus, there is no fear. Absolutely, absolutely. You'll hear me say that all the time, but here's the thing that we mess that up with. If there's no consequence for our sin, then we have no fear of the wrath of God. See, Paul is saying, hey, obey, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Why? When you look at the early church, they were all being beheaded, Burned at the burned at the cross, put on a cross, because following Jesus is not safe. That is what Paul is saying. If you want the safe bet, is your eternity. But Jesus didn't die so that we could have a safe middle class life in America, living the American dream. He just didn't. He died to set us free to be fully who He created us to be. So this is what I say with fear and trembling. Some of the cracked me up thinking about it because i told you i'm hard-headed jesus has to talk to me this way so as i was reading and preparing for this jesus said uh when i talk about fear and trembling i'm a c.s lewis guy we'll talk about him in a minute too you know me are you following the line of judah or the kitten of judah because see i follow the line of judah and the line of judah is something to be feared and reverent all the line of Judah's out there fighting for me. The line of Judah's there. What's the kitten doing? Scratching my furniture, peeing and pooping everywhere. That's what the kitten of Judah is doing. And that is not who Jesus is. It's not who Jesus is. He's the line of Judah. So, why in the world is this important? We should all be afraid of the wrath of God because of our sin. All of us. I know that that sounds crazy. There is no fear. Jesus set us free from that. But without that, I want you to understand this. Let me tell you a little bit and let me remind you who God is in the Old Testament. I'm gonna point you back to a story when it comes to the wrath of God. We all love Noah and the Ark. We got some water up here, right? Come on, you remember Noah built this big boat. Noah built the Ark. Ark. Anyway, we won't open that one. Uh, so the rain came. No one is family saved, right? Then we have two of every unclean, seven of every clean animal there. So let me ask you a question: What about the ninth clean animal? Do you think it lived? How about the fourth? That didn't make the boat in time of the unclean animal. Do you think it lived in the flood? Do you think that the flood killed men, women, and children? Because see, the wrath of God for sin is death. And what we get mixed up so many times is God cannot be mocked. So I just gave you a hard, harsh example about the power of God, but There's some others that you can find. Think of it this way, look back at Egypt and the Passover. What do we celebrate? The firstborn sons of Israel being saved because the blood of the lamb was on the door. Do you think the firstborns in Egypt died or not? See, when we come to God unrighteous, death. But because of Jesus, he bore that wrath for us, he bore that death for us. We can have no fear in his presence. So much so that the person of God wants to be inside of us to show him to the world. Maybe that didn't do it. Maybe it's because you got good intentions. Remember this guy named Uzzah in Chronicles? He's going, they're moving the Ark of the Covenant. David's all excited. He's getting it back. They're bringing it to Jerusalem. They got the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the presence of God. It's got those 10 things into the, the 10 commandments. It's got that inside of the Ark. And it's on a wheel. And what ends up happening is they hit a speed bump. And Uzzah thinking, man, I don't want this the Ark of the Covenant to fall down and break. I'm going to reach down to catch it. Good intention, right? Uzzah dies on the spot. Why? The wrath of God. He was not clean in the presence of God. So the thing that we have to understand in the importance of Jesus is without Christ, We will always stand and have to bear the wrath of God on our own. But with Christ, he's already bore it. And yes, there is no fear in Christ, but we have to have a reverent all of who God is. Because if we diminish his power and we want to make him, like, I understand we want to make Jesus relatable like the kitten, but my goodness, he's the Lamb of God in the line of Judah. He is out there. Hey, CS Aslan, man, come on, let's go back. Think about Aslan, like he's the lion. He has gone out. He has sacrificed for us. He's gone before us. He set us free from fear of death. But when we come into his presence and worship, there has to be a reverent awe. There has to be like, I am not worthy because I'm not. None of us are. And so we work it out with fear and trembling. And so that's why that's why it, it, it sometimes seems counterintuitive, but it's because of who God is. And if he has the power to, to create, then would not stand to reason he's got the power to destroy. And in Christ, in Christ, we are free from that destruction. Praise God for that. So... Let's go back to Amazing Grace. If you ever go to my house, you can see it's a hymn hanging on the wall. What's that second stanza or verse, however you want to say? How does it go? "'Twas grace that taught my heart to what? Fear. And then grace did what? My fear relieved in Christ." How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. So in other words, in other words, there has to be a amount of fear. Look at the Old Testament. When Moses is standing before the burning bush, fear. When Joshua is before the burning bush, fear. When the disciples saw Jesus walking on the water, fear. When do we go before him at times in reverent awe and be like, My God, I, oh Jesus, just to be in your presence, to be filled with you. Because that's what we share with the world. We have to work that out with fear and trembling. And I know that that sounds crazy, but you didn't get to see it because it's not close up. As that gelatin capsule broke out, what'll happen is a little bit of that sponge will pop out and it'll, it'll start wiggling and shake, kind of like a caterpillar coming out of the thing, getting ready to be a beautiful little butterfly. Like, it goes in there and it's working it out with fear and trembling. It's moving. And you know what? When this person who is stuck in the capsule, sees you growing to be all that you've been created to be through obedience, don't you think they want that? Because this is the best I'm going to be on my own. But I have the potential to be that in Christ. That's why we have to work it out that way. So I want you to know, before we go to Philippians 2.13, in the end, God's wrath will fall on this earth. He promises that. We can spend our whole life trying to save ourselves and be stuck on the outside looking in. Or we can receive the free gift of salvation because Jesus bore the wrath of God for our sin for us. And I don't know about you, but if I got to choose between the two, Jesus just sounds like the better option, don't he? (laughs) I mean, that's something, hey, so what? He's got to get me in line a little bit. So what? He's got to keep me between the buoys. He's got to keep me between the guardrails. The price he paid for me to do that is worth it. So we work it out with fear and trembling. Why? Verse 13, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose, his good purpose. I know today I've covered a lot of things and I've gone through some things, but I Maybe you are kicking the tires of who Jesus is, and we're going to be reminded of this in a minute, but can you believe that Jesus died for us even before we cared who he was? Before we even knew him. He still went to that cross. He still lived that life we couldn't live. He bore that wrath, that death that we deserve for our sin. and loved us enough to allow us to be able, through the Holy Spirit, to grow and be fully who we were created to be long before we ever confessed, repented, and believed. And so for us, I want us to see all the way through what I've shared for you that Piper has been saying, the greatest, John Piper, wherever you are on that, uh, when it comes to that, I won't talk to you about that. I told you the church destroying itself, so we won't open that. But he says the greatest hiccup, the greatest hurdle for this generation is this. If you could live... All of eternity at the best barbecue possible with all of the loved ones who have gone before you, all your sweet little pets that have gone before you, with your favorite bicycle and your favorite house in the picket fence yard, and you could spend eternity for you could spend eternity with that, but it was absent of God, would you take it? And the issue is most now would you see without God that doesn't exist what am I trying to say I did not confess Jesus as Lord of my life so I could see my mama one day I get to see my mama again one day because I've confessed Jesus as my Lord and Savior it's a big difference we don't get saved for grandma we get saved to be set free to see grandma again if she's in Christ so where we can get stuck is if we see heaven without Christ, it's nothing but hell. And so I want us to understand right now, without God in it, it ain't worth it. And so where we have to understand is we see that as boring. And so many times, to me, as you dive into the Word of God, it can be. Bo- I mean, who? Okay, I've been reading Leviticus at times. Some, I'll be honest, the first time I read numbers, I was like, finally, they're done with the numbers. We got some good stuff finally toward the end. It's out of numbers now. We're good. But there's excitement in the word of God. There, there's just I mean, there's like a, a, a washing over you like there's something fresh and new, but the thing is, if we're not allowing God to speak through us in His word, it'll always be boring. And boring, you've got kid, if you' got kids, boring is the worst thing. The worst thing you want is a road trip. That is boring to your child. Trust me, it will not go well. It will not go well. It will not go well. I mean, it just doesn't. So you gotta have that. So that's the worst thing for our discipleship. So why do we struggle with that? C.S. Lewis says it this way. There, Believe it or not, there will be better non non-Christians in this world are better people than Christians. Hang on here where I'm going. But believe it or not, non-Christians in this world are good people. They're actually better people. They are more upstanding in the community than Christians many times. You see, Jesus didn't come to save good people. He came to set dead people, people who are dead in their sin, alive in him. In other words, he's said, hey, the beauty of Christianity is this. We know we don't deserve it. We know we can't earn it, and we know we're an absolute wreck without Jesus. We're not trying to prove it to the world. We're just trying to show the world him by growing to be exactly who he created us to be. And that's the difference. So if you're trying to be a great person, I'm going to tell you, That's not the only reason to come follow Jesus because it's not about being the great person. It's about being who he created you to be. And I promise you, that person will be far and exceedingly and abundantly greater than you can ask or imagine than the great person you envision in your mind being. And so for each and every one of us, I want us to see that that is what Jesus came for. So if you're a Christian in the Lord right now, I got a question for you. It's a tough one because I've had to ask myself this too. Are you still praying the same way you did 10 years ago? Are you still giving the same way you did 10 years ago? Are you still trying to point people to Jesus the same way you did 10 years ago? Because I'm gonna promise you, Jesus didn't die on, you, die on the cross for you to stay the same. And if you're the same you were 10 years ago, then there's something, you're, you're, there's a step he's called you to take in obedience you've missed. And the good news is, we all miss it. But we can get back on track today. I love that our Vine family willing to walk in obedience. We don't have it all together, and there are some steps we miss, but we are not afraid to come back to Jesus, confess and repent, and say, which way would you have me go, Lord? And so if that's you today, let's be set free from that today. Maybe this reset, this, this season we've been in, is a chance for us to come back to Jesus and walk in obedience to him. Because if we're the same as we were 10 years ago, why aren't we in heaven yet? Because we aren't fulfilling his purpose to get the good news to the ends of the earth if we're the same. And if we're the same, then we can't grow to fully be who we were created to be. If the airplane stops growing not to its maximum capacity, it can't be excited and fly past Mr. Rowboat here or Mr. Sailboat here. You can't do it. So that's what I want to say. And what is the greatest purpose of all? Go ye therefore into all nations, making disciples, Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Showing them the right way to go. That's discipleship. And he promises he will be with us to the very end of the age. So wherever you are today, maybe you are kicking the tires of Jesus. Maybe you're trying to figure out how in the world... You can just break free from this capsule. I mean, my goodness, we can send somebody up in space, but I can't break this gelatin capsule on my own. Like, do I bite it like a gallop Like, what do I do? How do I break this? What is gonna happen? What can I do on my own to be set free from this? And my friend, you can spend your whole life trying, but there ain't a thing this sponge can do to get out of this capsule. There ain't a thing. It's gonna take something outside of it. And the beauty is, today... want you to know Jesus is that. Stop getting caught in the the bog down in the details of life and figuring out, well, that way didn't work for me to break free. Let me go try the next 12-step program. The self-help section just grew on Amazon, so I guess they got a new book I need to read to help myself better to be who I was created to be. And I want to tell you, without Jesus, you never will. Jesus died for you to be exactly who he created. See, Paul writes it this way in Ephesians. He reminds us, all of us, all of us, at one time, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. In other words, what Paul is saying is all of us thought, the best I'm ever going to get is squeezed in this little capsule, so why even care? Why even try? Like the rest, we were deserving of wrath, the wrath of God. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. In order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Really quick. In other words, if we are in Christ Jesus, we keep to keep getting people in that water and putting more and more people in that living water and more and more people in that living water because we point them to him and show them the only thing that can set them free. Verse eight says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works so that one can boast, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared and advance for us to do. What does that really mean? You can't do what you were really created to do without Christ. He's already plotted the course for you if you just surrender your life and trust him with it. If you just stop trying to do it on your own, stop trying to be a good person on your own and just fully walk to him and know that we could never do it on our own. But the, the good news is this, all of us were there. All of us that are in Christ Jesus now we're in the same boat. We were trying to break free of that capsule. We did everything we could to break free of that capsule, and we realized there was nothing we could do to do it. That it took something greater than us outside of us that has gone before us to do that. Because the crazy thing is, I if I just put this, watch it be melted together. Hang in here. Now if I took this capsule and I dropped it in that, would it ever change? took the water it took the water and jesus is the living water he tells us that so would you trust him to be the living water that will set you free today we're about to say a prayer it's not the words of this prayer that'll save you it's the faith that jesus is who he says he is so with every head bow and every eye closed, i just want to ask you today to repeat this prayer after me It's not the words, it's the faith we just read. It is by grace, it is grace through faith that we have been saved through Christ Jesus. So everyone, please repeat these words after me. Dear Jesus, I believe I'm a sinner, separated from you. I believe you came, lived the perfect sinless life I couldn't live, died the death I deserve, paying the penalty for my sins on the cross, but loved me enough not to stay dead, but rose again, on the third day, so that I may have life, come take over my life, Lord. Teach me to follow you step by step the rest of my life the best way I know how. And with every head bow and every eye closed, I just want to ask it for the first time you've ever surrendered your life to Jesus, you have received this free gift of salvation by faith. I'm going to count to three and ask you to boldly raise your hand. One. Two, three. Wherever you are, if you're in the house, raise your hand. If you're watching online, you're going to see a hand that's raised. Hey, maybe you're listening throughout the week. You can you can follow up with us in the app. You can email us at prayer at or reach out to us at 864-580-6698. This is your moment to be exactly who you were created to be. And we want to celebrate that and we want to take next steps with you. If that's you today, don't let today go by without letting someone know because we want to celebrate with you for the rest of us we're about to sing a song of worship you're going to you can look up we're about to just celebrate that Jesus is victorious that we can come into his presence we can go into the very presence of creator god without fear of death we can trust that he has already won the victory over sin and i don't know about you but if i already know that i've won on the scoreboard how much better can i play the game man i'm excited it's like having that all-star it don't i mean i don't know if i could do that it's like being the best mario kart driver it's about having an nba player in your ymca league basketball team you know what i'm saying like you know you done won like you won and so wherever you are i just want to celebrate you today today was a lot of info i know it is it was a lot to take in but i want to let you know if you're in christ jesus and you're taking your breath he's not done with you and if you're watching online right now wherever you are and you can make it here in the house we got food we want to feed you but more importantly we want to feed you some jesus by how we worship and lift his name high so would you take this moment and worship with us king that's risen the line of judah the king better than the champ is here the king is here jesus is here so i just want to say you make plans to be here next week i want to tell you jesus has called us to so many amazing things that we can do and be a part of to reach our community and what if he's asking you to come join us And you know what? Next week is a great one because we're going to have some pretty babies up here. We're going to have some families up here. We have some good food and we're going to celebrate God's faithfulness not only in this generation, but in the ones to come. So you make plans to join us next week. Let's have an awesome week and always remember the best is still yet to come.